Come on, Radiate Church, let's go. It's going to be a good day. It is Life Group Release Sunday, and y'all know we like to do things a little different around here uh, every now and then. And so what we wanted to do is give you a glimpse into what a life group looks like, feels like, and how it is executed. Uh, what I know is a lot of you in the room are already a part of a group, and I know that there's a lot of you in the room that are not, and you've never taken that next step, and we wanted you to kind of know what that felt like and what it looks like. So today, we're gonna mimic a life group on, on stage today and uh, as we go through our message. Before we get into the message, before we get into the conversation and the discussion questions and all the fun stuff uh, that's gonna happen throughout the day as we are in week four of our Make It Count series. Uh, last week, I told you about a problem we have at the church that I need your help with, right? And uh, it's a high class. It's a good problem, right? It's like when the uh, filter on your hot tub goes out. You know, it's a pretty good problem because you still got a hot tub. You know what I'm saying? But you still got a problem because the filter's out. Uh, at Radiate Church, man, God is doing amazing things at this church, and it's really phenomenal to see, um, but you only get to see a little bit of what's taking place. I get the honor and privilege as the pastor uh, to see it across so many different uh, facets and gamuts of all that God's doing here. And one of the things God is doing is he's really growing our attendance and our numerical standard. Actually, we're reaching people at a higher rate now than we ever have in the 10 years of existence of this church right now. It's really amazing um, in, a physical, in a physical sense. We know, I know we have our online campus uh, that joins us at 10 o'clock. Welcome to you. Um, but here in Columbia, man, we've got a, a big, well, not a big problem, but we have a problem and it's a good problem. But I need your help, right? And so I wanted to show you something. One of the areas that's growing the most on Sunday mornings is our kids' area. Our kids' area is busting at the seams, especially 10 and 11.30. Uh, many of you may not understand this or know this, but we have an 8.30 service as well. And the reason we even have that service is because of how packed the 10 and 11.30 are for kids. I want to show you something. This is a sign-in sheet uh, for our kids. This one is for our nursery and toddlers. This is for our nursery and, nursery and toddlers only. And let me show you what you're looking at because you're like, okay, that's names of kids that have signed in, right? Yeah, that's amazing. However, this is a normal occurrence. Let me show you. This right here is capacity in that room. Do you know what capacity means? Cap. <laughs> it means you're capped, right? And, and this is capacity. If you look at 830, we got a lot of spots left, don't we? If you look at 10, we're at capacity. And honestly, we're over capacity. If you look at 1130, we got a couple of spots left, but not a whole lot. And here's the truth I want you to know. Looking at this, I need some families to decide to move to that 830 or 1130 experience. Preferably, if I'm going to be honest, that 830. We'll take care of your breakfast for you for a while. I ain't going to do it forever. And I'm not Waffle House, so don't expect that. But we'll take care of your breakfast for a while for your kids and for you. And I pray it's the same experience, all three. And we want you to come, and here's why. I need you to be a missionary in your own church. Because we say this at Radiate Church. We say uh, that we're, we're going to change the world, right? We say it every week. Do you know one of the greatest ways you can change the world and help me do that right now is to give up your 10 o'clock so that a, a, your neighbor 
or your friend or your coworker or somebody in your family can come and fill that seat. Because here's what I know, because we've done this before. Every single time we give up seats at 10, it fills right back up in a couple of months. And that is what we're trying to do. So I need about, uh, last week I said about 20 families. We've had some families text in. We've had some families say they're going to make that move. I need some more families to go, hey, pastor, I'll be a missionary. I'll be about the vision. I'll wake up a little bit earlier. I'll be at that service. I'll be a part of that. I'll bring my kids to it so that more people can hear about Jesus at 10 o'clock and uh, I can free up some seats. So if you would, please uh, there it is right there. Text the word move to that number right there. Y'all, we need some help in this area. I'm telling you, God is not done with this church. It is only just beginning. And here's the truth. Listen to me. We hadn't even hit the fall growth yet. There's a fall growth every year. We hadn't even hit it yet. And we've already grown over 200 people in 2022 this year. That's incredible. Let's grow another 200 people by the end of this year. You know what I'm saying? And I need your help to do that. So if you would, please consider doing that, being a part of that. Now, listen, I know you're like, does that mean we don't have any more room at 10 o'clock? So like, I can't bring friends. We will always make room. We will always make do, but you would really help us out to do that with strategy and safety in mind if you would help us make that move to 8.30 or 11.30, uh, 8.30, and be there for that. Hey, we've been, thank you for praying about that. Thank you for being a part of the solution with that. We've been in this series, um, this is week four of a series called Make It Count. And the whole idea of this series is how do I create impact in everyday life? Here, here's what I know about you. I, I may not know everything about your life. I may not know everything about who you are and what you go through. But here's what I do know. No matter your spiritual attribution, no matter if you consider yourself a Christian or you don't, no matter how young or how old you are, Everybody in life wants to make an impact. Everybody wants to make a difference in some way, shape, or form. You know, everybody wants to do that. And so we've been talking about uh, some practices and principles over the past four weeks that we can do in our lives that help us live that out. And one of the things I need you to understand, so if you've missed any of that, go back and listen to it, watch it on YouTube, listen on our podcast. But the truth is you can, I've heard it said this way, if you want to go fast, Go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with others. If Let me say it like this. If you want to make a little impact, you can do that alone. If you want to make a giant impact, you need people around you that will help you do that. Pastor T.D. Jakes has said this. God will connect you with bulldozers to build a chicken coop. In other words, the people he connects you, or, or isn't going to connect you to bulldozers to build a chicken coop, but to build a sky rise. And here's what he's trying to say. The people he connects you to help you make a difference in the world in the way you live. And here's what I know about you as well. I know that you're a relational being. You're relational. Well, you don't know me. I'm introverted, man. I can sit in the corner by myself. Not forever you can't. Nobody can. I don't care how introverted you are. I know really, really introverted people that just, they don't want to be alone all the time. They just want to dictate the relationships and how they build them, and I understand that. But the truth is, no matter how introverted or extroverted you are, we're all relational. Well, how do you know that about me? I know that because we're made in the likeness and in the image of God, and God is so relational that he sent his son to die a gruesome death on a cross so that he always had relationship with us. God's relational. 
And I know that you're relational because you, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you live, no matter your upbringing or your past, you are relational as well. And God has sent his son to die for you. He wants to be in relationship with you. Now, on the other side, the enemy uses that about us and that nature of us, and he uses it as a tool uh, of his, and it's the word isolation or seclusion. You ever notice that when you start going through a really difficult time or depression or anxiety or confusion or life just gets hard and gets in the way and you get distracted, do you know what most people do? Usually we seclude ourselves. We isolate ourselves. We draw into ourselves and we just kind of hang out with us and nobody else. And I don't have time for you and I don't have time for you. And here's what happens. Here's why the enemy does that because he knows that the longer we carry the weight by ourselves, the heavier it becomes and eventually you won't be able to carry it anymore. But here's what the enemy also knows, that if I can get in a group, if I can get in relationship with others, then the truth is that I can get in this place to where everybody's carrying it with me. Are you with me? So let me put it like this. I showed this in our, uh, our teens, our tribe students uh, a couple weeks ago. I can hold this iPad out like this. And right now, it's not very heavy. This isn't that bad. It's, I can do this for a little while, right? But after a while, I don't care how much you work out. I don't care how in shape you are. I don't care how hydrated you are. I don't care about any of that. After a while, your shoulder's going to begin burning, right? You're going to start to lose your grip. It's going to start sinking a little bit, and eventually you're going to put it down. Why? Because the longer you hold the weight, the heavier it gets. But if I held it like this and I said, hey, guys, y'all come around and grab a corner of the iPad and let's hold it. You know what? We could all hold it a whole lot longer. You know why? We're distributing the weight of the iPad amongst others, not just ourselves. And the enemy doesn't want you doing that because you can last a whole lot longer. But if he can get you carrying your own weight by yourself for too long, you'll give in every time. And he'll break you down. And so we were not carried. No, nobody was meant to carry the weight by ourselves. Not one person. In fact, the Bible says it like this. He says, confess your sins one to another. He didn't say, hey, confess your sins in private to Jesus and you're good and never talk about it again. No, he says, you need a brother, you need a sister that is not impressed with your circumstances or your successes but is also not intimidated by your mistakes. You need someone that you tell your junk to that's not gonna tell your junk to somebody else. Confess your sin. Hey, I've been looking at that. Hey, I've been dealing with this. Hey, this is an issue in my life. I need those connections. And at Radiate, we say it like this. The bigger we grow, the smaller we grow. Or as we grow bigger, we will grow smaller. Why? Because in groups is where we will get smaller, where we will connect together, where we will carry that burden, where we will confess one to another in, 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 um, in, in trust with each other that we're gonna carry the weight together. In Matthew chapter 22, this guy thinks he's got Jesus cornered, right? If you look through scripture, you can see that a lot and it never happens. I love it. Jesus is like a ninja, you know? He just kind of sidesteps everything. He knows how to Jesus juke everything. And uh, this guy comes up and he goes, hey, Jesus, I know all the commandments. I know everything uh, about all that. I was raised on that stuff. And if you know the Jewish culture, you know that that was normal. They knew all that stuff. And he goes to Jesus. He goes, hey, tell me what the most popular, the, 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 the most favorite, the, like the one commandment we got to live out. Tell me what that one is, right? 
And what he's asking is something that you and I ask too sometimes. Jesus, what's the least I can do for the maximum benefit? What's the least I can literally do for you? And that's what he's asking. And Jesus, I can see him just kind of hearing the question and smirking a little bit. And I can kind of see him just kind of take a deep breath and step back. And here's what he answers. He says, to love God and love your what? Neighbor. And in the translation, that doesn't mean your neighbor is somebody that votes the same way as you. It doesn't mean somebody that agrees with you all the time. It doesn't mean somebody that like you like them today and then you'll blast them on Facebook. Come on, somebody. It doesn't mean you love the pastor that preaches what you want him to preach. Thank God. It means, it literally means the person next to you. Like that, it's not that hard to interpret. And that's the literal translation of it. And he says, love the person next to you. And here's what I know about loving others. The way you see them is a precursor to how you will love them. The way you see people is a precursor to how you love them. So if I see people as wrong all the time when they disagree with me, I'll always try to correct them. I'm always going to try to pitch my opinion, and I'm always going to try to correct their thinking and all this stuff. If I, if I see people as insufficient, you're insufficient, you're, you're not living up to what you could. If you're insufficient, I will always try to fix you. My job's not to fix anybody, right? And I'm not right enough to try to make somebody right all the time. But if I see people as valuable, then I'll love them because we're all valuable. And the Bible tells us this, that we're all sons and daughters of the king. We're all sons and daughters of God. So let me give you four quick thoughts, and then we're going to go into the discussion mode uh, for a few minutes. Let me give you four quick thoughts, and I'm going to run through these fast. You're going to want to write these down and write down the scriptures uh, to go with them. Four quick thoughts on loving or doing life together. That's our value here at Radiate. We do life together. We literally carry the burdens with each other. Good. We celebrate together. We cry together. We pray together. We dance together. We serve together. All that stuff. So here's, <coughs> here's number one and this is maybe one that I think the whole world needs to hear right now, is loving others does not equal agreements. Y'all, can we just agree to disagree sometimes? And Facebook don't need to know all about it. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, loving others does not equal agreement the narrative in today's world is in order to love you i agree with you i love this is my wife sitting here and she's beautiful she's amazing and i married way sky light, like light years up do we always agree yeah she's wrong a lot we we <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm in trouble later no we don't always agree and guess what? That's okay. We've made it 14 years, and we'll make it 94 more. You know, like, that's just, we don't always agree, but I still love you, and you still love me most of the time. And <laughs> Romans chapter 14 and verse 5, I love this. It, it, it says this. It really explains it well. It says, one person regards one day above another. So one person thinks Monday is greater than Wednesday. And another person regards every day the same. And another person comes along and goes, nah. Every day that ends in Y is the exact same. But each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. 
I love what the Apostle Paul is actually writing to the, to the Romans here. He's saying, listen, John may see Wednesday as better than Thursday, and Aaron may seem every day, see every day the same, and Brandon may think Monday and Wednesday is greater than any other day in the universe. Actually, I think Saturdays are blessed by God because of college football. I'm just saying. It just, in my mansion in heaven, it's already on the TV. Of all 15 wins of Carolina. Anyway, so we've got... <laughs> so the truth... <laughs> Sorry, the truth is, watch this, right? He's not saying you have to get on the same page. He's saying you're going to be on different pages about different things. And you have to be so convinced in your own mind that you believe it and you can live with them anyway. Now watch this. Your stances had better come from the Bible if you're a follower of Christ. You cannot be a follower of Christ and create your own Bible. Your stances are not based on your opinion. They are based on his stance. They are based on his character, and they are based on his love. I don't get to pick and choose what I like. Are you with me today? Love does not always equal agreement, but love, we don't have to live in disagreement, right? So love does not always equal agreement. Here's another one. Here's another one. Number two, love is grace and truth. Not grace or truth. It's grace and truth. Truth, love is grace and truth. The Bible is, uh, says that Jesus was the greatest expression of love, and it actually says that Jesus embodied grace and truth. He didn't try to ride the line of the two. He was the two at all times. He was both, 100%. I love what the Christian author James Ryle says. James Ryle says this, Truth without love equals harshness, and love without truth is compromise. Well, pastor, I just tell the truth. It's not my problem how they take it. No, it's your problem how you say it. I'm sorry, I love steak, but if you deliver a steak to me as good as it is on a trash can lid, I ain't eating it. But if you bring it to me on a plate with some mashed taters, let's go, somebody. I'll eat that bad boy. I'll even eat the asparagus you bring with it. The truth is, is it's not my responsibility how you take it, but it is my responsibility how I deliver it. And grace and truth is incredibly important, right? And we have to live both. Jesus gave us the greatest examples. Just go read the life of Jesus. Just go read the New Testament. It's in there. He was the embodiment of grace and truth. Here's number three. Number three is loving others is external in Romans uh, chapter 12 verse 10 you can write that down it, it, it's out there but Romans chapter 12 verse 10 basically teaches us what it looks like to love others what it looks like to be external what it looks like to make sure that our honor for each other is love here's what honor is it's esteeming or valuing someone at a high level and showing them how much they mean to you I, I have this phrase that I use every February we, uh, we always do a relationship series, and this is one of the phrases I use every year. If you think something good, say it. If you think something good, do it. You know why? Because it does no good if I think it and I go to bed at night and you don't know it. Right. Does no good. We can be in an argument, and somewhere before it's over, it's going to be, I, love, I don't agree with you, and I may not even like you right now, but I love you. 
and I, I, I cherish you. You know, like, we've got to become okay looking at friends. I send friends texts all the time. I'm like, hey, I just want you to know I appreciate you. I honor you. Like, I thank you for walking through life with me and crying with me and carrying burdens with me and praying with me and celebrating with me and being stupid with me, right? Like, I send my staff texts like that because I want them to know they're appreciated externally, not just internally. And number, no, and, and here's, before I go on to number four and then get to the questions, the beauty of Jesus is the cross, right? But the cross was external. It wasn't just Jesus going, I love them. I think I'll die for them. And then it's never shown. No, he's going, I love them so much, I would die for them. In fact, here we go. And it's a, it's a beautiful picture of external love for his kids. And number four, community matters. Community matters. It really matters. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, you can write that down. It talks about how we carry one another's burdens. And then it says, in this, or in relationship, in the act of carrying one another's burdens, that's when you fulfill the law. That is when you fulfill the law. And here's the truth. I wouldn't be anywhere close to normal <laughs> or where I am today without a relationship with people in my life. Without other pastors that I call brothers, without other friends that are like brothers that are in my life, I've got people in my life that will literally call me out on my junk. If I'm acting weird, like for an extended period of time, they'll call me and go, what is your problem? My staff comes up to me if they notice that I'm acting a little different or something's wrong. Hey, are you good? Are you, you feeling all right? You okay? I'm like, no. Ah, but we need that, guys. We need that. In fact, the Bible says it like this, and then we're going to questions. It says, those that reject correction, it cannot love God. You love God when you embrace correction. Proverbs talks to us about that. So let me go to, since we're talking about life groups and since we're going into this, and I'm going to give you all a little shortened amount of time, right? Let me give you this precursor to answer the first question, then we're going into individual questions. But the first question is this, what does it mean to you when you read the, the, these words uh, that Jesus says, love God and love others? What does that mean to you? Anybody? Aaron? Okay. words to love God and to love others is that when he says to love your neighbor or to love others that he doesn't list any conditions there at all it's not just to love people who like the same things as me or love people who look like me or act like me or enjoy the same types of hobbies or that are just fellow Christians it's there's no conditions at all That's and good. I think in order for us to be able to love unconditionally that we do first have to love God and get to know him and then in turn that's when loving others becomes so much more natural. Come on, somebody. That's good. No requirements. No requirements. Hey, we're, we're expressive here at Radiate, so you can clap anytime you want. I love it. Uh, who else? All Nick? right. Uh, so, yeah, to, to love God and love others. So uh, to love God is to get to know him, right? So reading his word and then um, doing your best each and every day to embody that, right? Mm -hmm. Through your actions, uh, you can profess your love to God that way, and people will see that in you. Um, so, and loving others, uh, just give other people the opportunity to be themselves, right? So not only accept um, everyone that you meet, but fully embrace it, right? Because when you start to embrace others for being their genuine selves, you're going to start to see miracles happen with uh, not only in their lives, but yours as well. That's so good. Really, really good. 
Yeah, come on. Good job, buddy. John, you want right, to go for I'll it? I'll tag on to what Nick said. I mean, it definitely def starts with that relationship with Christ first. I mean, to love God, that's the foundation. But um, with loving others, too, I always think back about, about any time I run into somebody, I may be the only Bible they get to see or mm. pick up a read. So thought. my actions uh, needs to reflect God's love in everything I do. Each, and each person I come across each day, I need to love them in some way to, just to show Jesus. That's really good. That's really good. Too. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I think it's very, uh, it's not coincidence that it says love God first because the other, like Aaron was saying, will come so naturally when yeah. we start to get to know God, like Nick said, and, and, and love him, it'll come so naturally to love others. And when you ask this question, I thought of a scripture in John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus tells us how to love just as Jesus loves us. That's what he tells his disciples. And then he says um, in verse 35, by this, the way that we love, by this, everyone will know that you are my followers, that we yeah. are his disciples. And so people see Jesus when we love them. That's really and good. And so love God, love others. That's what it means to me. Yeah, let me add this caveat. And then, John, I'm coming over to you for a question. And it's this, uh, let me add this thought, though. Um, you can love others and not love God, but you cannot love God and not love others. In order to love God, you have to love others. Again, you don't have to agree, but you also don't have to argue with them all the time. You can love people and just go, hey, we're not on the same page with that, and that's okay. I still love who you are because I care more about who you are than what you do. That's the phrase we use here. So, John, uh, if love doesn't equal agreement... How can you really love someone you disagree with? Yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah. That's a super hard one. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I mean, it goes back to what I said earlier. Um, we may be the only Bible somebody reads, and it starts with that honor yeah. and respect. Yeah. And everybody's got opinions. We know that. People don't like the same teams we uh, root for. Some people don't like the same politics we vote for. But we can still love people and listen. Yeah. And that starts from honoring them and reflecting Jesus in our actions and our words. doesn't mean we yell and fuss at them, right? Yeah. And beat them over the head. We are going to just love them by listening and reflecting Jesus. The listening thing, there's a funny statement. You've probably used it, actually, because I know you. It's you got two, two ears and one mouth for a reason. Yes, I've used that several times in my classroom, <laughs> right? Spend more time so, listening than, yeah. Than talking. Yeah, that's right. That's really good. That's really good. All right, let's go to Megan over here. Uh, love is grace and truth. And Jesus, throughout the Bible, uh, was a fantastic, phenomenal example of that, right? Just lived it out. And so how can we, uh, in, in this world yeah. that we live in today, how can we live a life that exhibits both grace and truth? Yeah, you're right. Jesus was or is grace and truth. And I will be very honest. Like, I lived my life giving people so much grace, um, not so much myself, but giving people so much grace and forgetting the truth part. But if we are going to live a life of grace and truth and speak a life of grace and truth, then we need to um, live by the phrase we actually say here about God, that he loves us so much. We say um, that God loves us right where we are, but entirely too much to leave us there, right? And that's what we need to be for people. Yeah. And we need to receive for ourselves God with grace and truth, but we need to give it out. 
by helping people not just um, not fluff at all. Like, that's okay. You're going through that. Man, that stinks. You know, I guess, yeah, I'm so sorry, but I still love you. But we need to, we need to care too much to leave them mm, there. And, and this is something I wrote down when you asked me this was, um, I think, speaking grace and truth. It means not just speaking, like you talked about, to offer advice or a piece of my mind. Mm. Um, and mm. that when we speak the truth in love and with grace, um, I, I think that that is... That's showing like all that we've talked about, love God, love others, and that's caring too much to leave them where they are. And when we speak like this um, to people with grace and truth um, and love, out of love, it's considering the outcome. You know, you're caring more about their well-being. Yeah. Like, again, not just speaking your peace of mind. And, and I think, too, like, like Jesus' disciples, what set them apart? It was love. And yeah. that's speaking grace and truth in love, like that's, yeah, how we can exhibit that in our life. That's really good. We have a pandemic in the world today to where everybody has my truth. And can I just be real honest with you? My truth is a lie. There's either truth or there's not truth. There is no, like the truth is this stage is hard. Just because you want to think it's soft doesn't make it soft. Are you, are, you with, are you following my logic today? And the truth is, is God's given us his Bible and his word. And as believers, as believers of Christ, our job is to find his truth in this and give understanding and forgiveness or grace in that and live this out. This is truth. We have truth, but when I make opinions truth, then I've diluted the truth. And now grace won't even be nearly as powerful because truth isn't. Truth isn't real. Are you with me today? All right, Nick, let me ask you this. That was great, Megan. Thank you. Um, Nick, uh, amazing. He did it incredible. It, first time on the stage up here. Come on. Yeah, love it. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> John, this is your first time up here. It is. I didn't give you the let's same go, greeting. John. Yeah, let's go. All right. Loving others is external or able to be seen and felt. So what does that actually mean or look like? Awesome question. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, thinking back to the first thing that Pastor Brandon said today, right? How do I create the most impact in each and every day of my life, right? And I believe that that is what external love looks, sees, and feels like. So here's a couple ways that you can express that, right? Um, through verbal expression. Uh, Pastor Brandon mentioned this earlier. Um, you know, a lot of times we have this genuine, deep feeling of love and appreciation for others, for friends and family. Uh, but very often do we ever express that to that person. You know, we'll spend hours talking about people and praising people that we don't know, but we won't tell the people that we love most uh, how we so actually good. feel about them. Uh, so that's one way that, that you can express that. You know, you have a friend that always makes you laugh. Well, you laugh with them and say, hey, you know, your jokes always brighten my day, right? Make yeah, it personal. Um, another way is giving attention, right? So we live in a society today that competes for our attention whether it's social media, television. Um, so a way that external love can be felt is through meaningful conversation, right? So getting in that present moment with someone um, and really listening. You know, if you think back to the last meaningful conversation you had with someone, you probably left that uh, feeling better off, and they did too. And you're like, man, I love that guy or I love that girl. You know, it's, it's perfect. So good. Uh, have those conversations. And lastly, put yourself uh, before others, right? So ask yourself, you know, um, 
how can I make this a better experience for you, no matter what you're doing, whether you're buying something at the gas station, right, or you bump into a stranger, and you just, how, how can I make this better for you? Um, you know, it, am I acting in a way that's destroying relationships with friends and family and adding on unnecessary pain and suffering, or am I redeeming that, mm. right? So take a look at good. how you treat others in your life and, and just try to make it better for them. Yeah, that's really, really good. Great, great practical advice and, and thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron, it's going to be a hard one for you. You're okay. our connections director. I'm just letting I'm you know. Ready. It's going to be very difficult. Um, community matters. I know. I don't know if you believe that or not. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Community matters, and we all need community. Everybody in the room watching online, we all need community. Yes. But why do we need community, and how does it really benefit us? So um, our Bible is actually full of reasons why we need community. The Bible tells us, like you told us, to bear one another's burdens. Uh, it tells us that iron sharpens iron. It tells us to be encouraged by one another's faith and to confess your sins to one another. There's so many scriptures about it. So obviously it's important to God that we are in community together. So it should be important to us too. And we just need good community. We need community like the paralyzed man had. Friends who will mm. just drop you into the presence of Jesus when you're too weak to do it yourself. And... We all kind of get in those moments sometimes, and we're honestly, we're no good on our own. It takes relationship and community for us to be strengthened, to strengthen our faith, to just be better, to have accountability, which is super important as a believer. So just all around, Christian community is so important so that we can have others to share life with and to learn and grow with. But I also want to add another thought to that. I know Christian community is super duper important, but I also want to talk about the importance of being in community with non-believers because when you're in community with a non-believer, that gives you an opportunity to share your faith and to tell of the goodness of God, which in turn can lead somebody to making the decision to follow Jesus. So That's I think really that a, that part of community is important too. So good. So good. Great answers from everybody. And uh, the truth is, is, you know, we all need community. Um, no matter where you are in your life, you need some brothers and sisters. You need some people that care about you. And it can be hard, in fact, impossible to connect with everybody at this church on a Sunday morning. We have three experiences. We have 800 plus people that come in and out every single week and growing. Um, and some of you are going to switch to the 830 service, praise God. And you're going to need to build those relationships there. Can I tell you the greatest way to do that is a life group. Life groups and serving. And those are the greatest ways to get into this moment and go, you know what? Like, I just had a baby and I don't know how to deal with this. Maybe I should get in a relationship or a group with other moms and figure out that the emotions I'm feeling, they're normal. Or, you know what? Like my kid, my son just went to sixth grade. Maybe I need to get around other men that have either been through that or that will at least understand and hear me out for a little while. And then we go bowling and slap each other. Because that's what men do. I don't know why we slap each other, but we do. We just want to fight about everything. <laughs> Whatever. It, that's not going to happen in your group. Some of y'all are like, I ain't going if they're slapping me. <laughs> and they're hitting me, we're out. But just do crazy things together, you know, like. Hey, John, I need you to pray with me, and then we'll be sarcastic and make fun of each other, but pray with me for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need that stuff, and you need that. So I want to encourage you. Aaron's going to give you instructions in a minute. 
Before you leave today, sign up for a life group. Give it a shot. Give it a try. What's it going to hurt? Give it a shot. Meet some new people. Learn about Jesus. Grow your faith. Grow your life. And watch it change everything. I know the groups I lead and the groups that I've been a part of have been major, major portions of the growth in my life. And I'm so thankful for that. And, you know, and it's amazing that when you get in that group and then you see each other at your new experience at 8.30 or this experience at 10 or your 11.30 and you come together and you're like, let me tell you what God did this week after that prayer. That's awesome. What I'd love to do is pray with you. And then right after that, Erin's going to get up and she's going to tell us what to do to sign up for groups. And then uh, we're going to grab our invites and we're going to go change the world and invite people to join us next week. So let's, let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for loving us like you do and believing in us. And um, God, we wouldn't be here without you. We're so invaluable without your worth and your grace. And God, I just pray that you'd move us where you want us to go and teach us exactly what you want us to know. And God, I pray that we would enter groups and inner relationships that challenge us and make us and uh, God make us better better fathers better mothers better sons daughters and followers of Jesus Lord we love you so much and God we give you our lives in your name we pray amen